Hello, and welcome to episode 170 of the Waters Wavelength Podcast. I am Anthony Malakian, the editor of Waters Technology, and today I'm joined by my colleague, our senior reporter in London, Josephine Gallagher. Joe, thanks for joining the podcast today. Hi, Tony. Thank you for having me. Of course. So in just a bit here, we're going to talk about the European Consolidated Tape and look at some of the overlaps with our Consolidated Tape as well as the Consolidated Audit Trail here in the U.S. Um, and some of the challenges around building that. Before we get to that, though, I uh, should let everybody know, for those of you that are based in Europe, next week on uh, – which day is it? Uh, the, the 11th? 11th of September, the Wednesday, the 11th of September. Okay. We have our annual – the European Financial Information Summit, otherwise known as EFIS, um, and that will be held where, Joe? Hilton Tower Bridge. Hilton Tower Bridge on the 11th, the European Financial Information Summit. At the event, uh, they will have a booth there, is our sponsor for today's podcast, SmartStream. And so we do it. We thank SmartStream for sponsoring our podcast today, and they will have a booth there. We invite you all to go up and chat with them. They'll have some other interesting things going on there. So it'll be worth uh, chatting with them. Um, so, you know, like I said last week on the podcast, you know, we're going to go back to a little bit of our old structure a little bit more and bring on some of the reporters to kind of talk about you know, some of the things that they're seeing in the market and kind of go back to some of the articles that we've written about and being that, you know, August month, it's slow. People are going away on vacation or they're kind of playing catch up, you know, trying to get ready for September and hit the ground running. There are some things that people might have missed that we think is that that, that might be worth going over here. Um, so for today's topic, we're going to talk about the European Consolidated Tape uh Josephine wrote an article uh, in, on August 21st uh, titled, Plato's Plan Platform Could Serve as Precursor to European Consolidated Tape. We're going to get into you know, the article and kind of some of where the consolidated tape might go. Right now, it's all speculation. Um, but I think that the place to start off with is, and you know, if you are um, a member of the U.S. audience, this is also worthwhile, I think, listening to because there is some overlap with what we're seeing with the consolidated audit trail, the CAT, here in the U.S. There's certainly differences between the two things, um, but there is a lot of – you hear very similar worries and concerns between the two. So I guess to start off with, in 2018, for those who don't know, European regulators included measures for consolidated tape in their so-called uh, – what was it? The review of the trading book. The hope was that it would bring you know, uh, transparency to market, help reduce market data costs, and allow firms to better comply with new mandates rolled out uh, post-2008 in the financial crisis. As I understand it, Joe, and most of the things that I understand on this topic come from articles that you've written, um, but the idea around the consolidated tape was largely met with applause by by the industry, right? It, it was something that that People in the industry weren't like, oh, God, it's another piece of another requirement, another regulation. People, it seems like they, they understood the value theoretically in a consolidated tape. Is that fair enough to say? Yeah, like the, the consolidated tape essentially was meant to provide like a level of market data transparency and essentially like create a, a level playing field for, you know, trading firms and investors to access data Um yeah, from a consolidated central central source, and yeah, essentially you're you're right. You hit the nail on the head. Like, and and from that as well, there's obviously the debate around market data costs. So the hope is that they would also help with the 
the, the market data issues or well the proposed issues that some market participants say and then on the other side obviously the debate is that you know that market data costs are not raised yeah. so yeah there's a number of issues that it's said to help with and transparency um, is the key one yeah, I mean, market data, it's it's funny, the, the the battle that's been brewing here, and we've written a lot about it, Max Bowie's written a lot about it uh, mm. here, about just market data costs. It, it seems like we're coming to a head here in the U.S., you know, this battle between, you know, the exchanges, the, the trading firms themselves, and the regulators and how they're going to get involved. So, again, there is very similar overlap. It's just different in how, I guess, the two regions are going about it. Um, maybe the one thing that, to look at here then is the problem in theory with the consolidated tape, and again, this mirrors what we're seeing with the cat, but the problem is that it would seem that no one really wants to be responsible for building this thing. It's a bit, some people view it as a, a bit of a poison chalice in that yeah. it's a big undertaking. It'll be scrutinized heavily by the regulators. There are questions as whether the costs are worth the effort. Um, again, that's what we're seeing here in the U.S. with the cat. So there is similarities there. But I guess from what you've heard, as far as actually building this thing, mm-hmm. what have the biggest hangups been? The biggest hangups has been like the availability of reasonably commercial information. So that is like data essentially coming from the APAs and trading venues. And like some of what I've heard is that getting access to that data is incredibly difficult and even doing that on a commercial like a reasonably commercial viable basis and being able to you know get access to it um it's meant to be like the data it said it's meant to be like published um or like 15 minutes after essentially the transaction has taken place um but some have said that that is not obviously always the, always the case. Um, there's obviously the quality of data. There's a number of challenges in regards to the quality of data coverage, the cost of building the tape. Um, yeah, there's a variety of different struggles that have still that a lot of hang-ups that are still taking place in regards to trying to actually put this thing together. And like you said, it is still kind of like a poison chalice. Like some have maybe looked at the idea of putting consolidated tape together but taking on the the feet is a little bit more difficult than um just i suppose building a, a platform it's a lot more complex than that sure sure you know well i think you know one of the over you know over here in the u.s with with the cat you know so thesis uh group was or thesis technology was originally selected to build this thing um, they had built something similar in the past and figured, okay, we can definitely do this again. And, you know, we wrote a, a very long article about this, but it just was plagued from the beginning with delays, with setbacks, with people not hitting their deadlines. And, you know, by industry sources saying that, you know, Thesis kind of lowballed their offer. And so what we're seeing now is, so Thesis was ousted as the um as the company to build the cat and finra uh was brought in so they had some experience themselves uh building a similar product um in the past they were a original bidder bitter as we understand it they kind of backed out at the very end of mm-hmm. the process thus leaving the trail for finra because at the beginning everybody thought it was going to be finra it made sense they built it they're you know a, a regulatory body in the industry it just it there was a lot of reasons why it made sense to have finra mm-hmm. so now we're seeing over here they're slowly getting this thing going 
um, and they have um, some deadlines built that they they're hoping for full production of the cat is scheduled for April 2020, which is three years after it was originally planned to go live. But even like when you listen to him now, I would be shocked myself if in April 2020 the cat was fully live. Um, I think that there's still a lot of hurdles that have to be over uh, overseen. There's a lot of security concerns. Uh, the Finwer uh, Cat, uh, who's the plan processor for this, they held a webinar last week and they talked about how they're using AWS um, to help build out some of their security defenses. And the interesting thing there is that, you know, the regulators are now increasingly looking at companies like AWS, Google, Microsoft, Azure, because they're becoming so much more important. Um, everybody's, you know, increasingly turning to public cloud providers and AWS says, yes, we, we have security measures in place, but at the end of the day, it's going to be FINRA, FINRA cat that will be responsible at ultimately, um, for making sure that this thing is secure. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's, it, it just goes to show you that not only do you have to build this thing, not only do you have to be able to pull in all the data, have it ready real time, all the reporting structures around it, working with the, all the industry participants to get this and the regulators. It is a huge undertaking that in theory, it makes sense to have these things, but in actual practice, it becomes much more daunting, it would seem like. Yeah. So, it, it, And so that's why it seems like in Europe right now, there haven't been, people have been tentative to step forward and say, I can build this. Now, before we get into this Plato article, so we're recording this um, today, so we're going to publish it today, but so it's Thursday, September 5th. Um, tomorrow, September 6th, if I'm not mistaken, if, if, I, if I remember right from your article, yeah. is a deadline. Can you tell us just a little bit about what that deadline is? So tomorrow, industry participants and industry bodies will submit their feedback to ESMA's consultation paper that came out, or consultation, essentially. So they will explain in terms of feedback what they think regards to market data costs and regards to the consolidated tape mm-hmm. so basically in essentially defining what consolidated tape should look like or what it should actually come about or how that will help the market and um, so people or the industry or the firms will be providing um, their feedback on that and then ESMA will construct some advice um, around that for the EC the European Commission. Okay and do they have a date yet for uh, what's the December 2019, right? That, is that so, when they want to put their final report in? So now I recently spoke to, well, I've recently um, had communications with the EC. Um, so the advice will be constructed by December 2019. That will be submitted to the EC. And then it is expected by next year. Um, well, this is actually in the consultation paper, but I then got confirmation with EC. This next year will be when um, the EC come about and you know give their, their final steps or their next steps and what is actually going to happen with regards to the consolidated tape and market data costs. And whether that involves regulation, whether that involves no regulation or just you know further scrutiny in regards to like you know keeping an eye like it basically the next steps will be defined um next year or early next year and i like they they also illustrate in the consultation paper reasons behind the delay is actually to do with brexit um, mm. and one of the reasons anyway um is to do with the the happenings in the eu and uk right now yeah, so, yeah. i mean i, I gotta imagine that 
it just creates a whole nother world of confusion around yeah. it. It's not the most ideal time to yeah. be going forward with this European, you know, uh, you know, EU kind of base tape and then being like, oh, well, we're not even sure what the EU is going to look like in a year. So exactly. Like, and what that means with regards to having pre and post trade data, like and sharing data and, you know, the access to it in general, like there'll be like the EU is a fragmented market already. Now we're going to have, well, hence we the reason for the tape. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I, I, another thing, yeah, the, it's a fragmented market, but then there's obviously consolidated tape in the U.S. And the U.S. have, I suppose, what I've been told, a better run at having a consolidated tape because of the lesser fragmentation and sure. you know, the geographical issues and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it's a bit of a struggle for them right now because you can't really define what's going to happen or determine what's going to happen until Brexit. Yeah. occurs or doesn't occur at this stage it's all up in the air yeah and i, and I should uh point out you know when i was talking before about there being overlap between consolidated tape and the cat so we have mm. consolidated tape here in the u.s um and the cat is something that's wholly different in many many ways but there is as far as a database is concerned there's i think that you can see the mirroring there of the challenges in building this thing again up off the ground um mm because of that fragmentation that you see in Europe. Um, so I should say that uh, at the outset. But, and just to uh, make sure, so the next steps, those next steps that you talk about for next year, that would be to actually pick who would build this thing, right? That would be part of it? It's more based on, so I think they're still deciding on, well, one of, one of the decisions is whether they're actually going to have the CT. I think that, that was one thing that is being discussed as well, and whether they're actually, or, from that, they do decide that it's definitely going ahead. They're going to decide on what the actual consolidated tape looks like. Mm -hmm. So that would be potentially either equity instruments, just equity instruments for the first um, version, um, and then follow on with non-equity instru instruments because that's going to be easier to provide like equity instrument data. Um, and then it will probably be likely post-trade data as well. Um, and then like pre-trade data, like from obviously talking to people uh, is going to be next to well not next to next to impossible because given the, the latency issues the quality issues um it's going to be very very difficult to provide pre-trade data so post-trade data is kind of uh, post-trade equities data is probably the objective for now if they're okay. going to have a um, consolidated tape okay and like i said there's still so many moving pieces this is exactly uh, like, these, not, these timelines are tentative at best yeah and they're, they're still they're essentially like what i said in the article as well there's still a huge definitional pro definitional problem as to what the consolidate is going to look like and what it is and what it is going to be determined as and um, okay. yeah so that's all kind of dependent on the feedback that esma gets and then what um esma advises the ec and then a final decision essentially will be made Okay. More and sure. And then speaking of the article, um, so we will link to it, obviously. But again, this is speculative. Uh, mm -hmm. But you know, there is reasons to look at this and find it interesting. In that, so Plato Partnership, which is, if, if you don't know, it's a nonprofit organization comprised of buy and sell side institutions. Barclays is part of it. BlackRock, mm -hmm. J.P. Morgan, Schroders, many others. Um, it announced in June that it's collaborating with. BMLL Technologies um, to develop a platform that will provide market quality metrics on European equities and equity-like instruments free mm -hmm. of charge. Yeah. Um, so, and then BML, 
B-M-L-L. Uh, <laughs> it's hard one to say. I took me a while, I'm not going to lie as well. I have to like enunciate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to really slow down going through it. Um, so we'll provide a consolidated view of market data metrics on European equities for all uh, relevant um, venues. Uh, and so this is from Joe's article, uh, but the survey comprised of 12 daily T plus one analytics on indicators such as liquidity, the European best bid and offer, uh, closing auction analytics, intraday volatility, and trade quote ratios. So now, as your article states, many people uh, that you've spoken with, they view this because they're building this and because of that, uh, the European best bid and offer, the EBBO piece, that would in many ways involve or even require uh, the construction of a consolidated tape. So can you talk to just a little bit about what sources were kind of saying to you about why they think that this Plato piece, and now Plato hasn't said they are looking to build this yet. BMLL said to you that, you know, they would happily, you know, work with Plato if they were to go about building this, but there, this is right now just talking about why this makes sense. Um, but there's by no means are we saying that 100% Plato will be the one that won the this. But so with that said, why, what source is kind of saying to you about this Plato piece here and why it would make sense? Yeah, so just off the first thing to say, like essentially Plato Partnership have not come forward as the EU consolidated tip. That's one off. But what sources have come to me and said is that what they are building essentially, which is obviously a, a consolidated tape and it provides obviously market data quality metrics on European equities and equity like instruments. And the main kind of points of that is the type of data that they're providing and one of them being European best Britain offer. It provides a consolidated view of um, essentially like equity instruments, like I said, that essentially in a nutshell, um, from what sources have said, that kind of provides already a consolidated tape in itself. Now, in saying that, um, Refinitiv and Bloomberg also provide types of consolidated tapes as well. But some other elements of the Plato partnership, um, what they're building, what, which is really important to note as well, is that this is going to be free of charge. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be essentially in like it's on a like a, it's, it's free of charge. It's um, on a T1 basis, yes, and it provides essentially they also provide like classifications and standards around the data, which is something that's already a challenge uh, in trying to build consolidated tape from the get-go. So there's obviously challenges involved in building it with regards to trying to figure out um, what these definitions um, of the data is going to be. Um, so that's something they're trying to resolve. Um, there's a, it's a really important issue to kind of say like this is free of charge and also the type of data that they're consolidating and putting together is essentially um, like a precursor, as some sources have said, to mm -hmm. the CT um, in the EU. So, yeah, there's a number of kind of points that kind of stood out when I was told about this and kind of reached out to via a couple of sources um, in how they're building this type of platform and how it's interesting and how it is similar to what you, you would imagine a consolidated tape would look like at the early stages. Sure. Okay. And, you know, so as we've been saying throughout this you know conversation, there's still a lot of moving pieces here. Yeah. The next few months will be interesting because, you know, as you said, you know, there's this Friday deadline and there's a December deadline, you know, or mm -hmm. target dates here. So there might be some movement around this, but right now everything's a little bit speculative. Yeah. So I guess with that said, 
if anybody that's listening has some insights, think that we're way off base with anything mm-hmm. we've been covering or think that there's any aspects that we haven't hit on, um, our point portion for this, obviously, since it's in Europe. Uh, so anything CT related, you go through Josephine. Anything cat related, you come through me or yep. Amelia David over here in the U.S. Um, and we will link uh, with contact information. <clears throat> and so, as we said, a lot of moving pieces. One of the big clouds hanging over this is Brexit. Um, I thought just for since I have you on the line here, um, and j- since James left us, he went to the Wall Street Journal. He used to be my my Brexit source for any information. Since he's a traitor and left <laughs> us, you know, high and dry. No, the- no hard feelings <laughs> at all. <laughs> none at all. None at all. Um, what 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 the hell is going on over there, Joe? I mean, what what what's what? Where are we right now? Because I just kind of see these funny reports, and you know, me and you were having a conversation before the call about how. We should probably be more worried about all this, but it's almost comical in how it's all kind of unfolding right now. Yeah, this is just a weird combination between it being, or a weird mix-up between entertaining and terrifying <laughs> all in the one. Um, yeah, just so much has happened in the past few days alone. It's, I'm, I can't, I genuinely can't keep up to date with everything that's taking place. Yeah. Um, yeah, the latest I heard is that Boris Johnson's brother is now resigned or he's formally just handed in his resignation, which is just doesn't look great for, you know, anything. I mean, like if your family's not going to back you up, then who the hell is? <laughs> um, yeah, it's terrifying. Uh, like it's, yeah, like I could name off all the things that have happened if you'd like it. Like essentially, 21 um, MPs have been expelled um, because they rebelled against the government, um, Boris Johnson has lost his majority. Um, he was, you now they're trying to put through a bill essentially that says that uh, there is no, to avoid essentially a no deal. Um, obviously Boris Johnson's not happy with that because his, all his bargaining chips are gone in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, well, that's what he says. But another thing is that he's lost out on as well is the fact that they he wanted to call an election as a result of this. Mm-hmm. And the Labour um, Party have refused that until uh, the bill has been put through, until they are guaranteed that there will be a no deal outcome from Brexit. So yeah, I, it's just an absolute, yeah, carry on. Why, why would, why would, because it, it would seem over here in the US, you know, mm. that Boris Johnson is quite unpopular, and the Tories are quite unpopular. Why wouldn't Labour want to go forward with an election right now and kind of <laughs> seize on that unpopularity? Because um, they want to guarantee that there's no option for a no deal and Boris Johnson, the government can decide on the date of the election. So he could push the election date to after October 31st, which mm. means that like, essentially they could still, like, we could arrive to the point where we're, like, there's a no deal. So the idea is to get the, no, the avoidance of the no deal first through and then the election second. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the game. So essentially, they're trying to tie his hands, which is kind of what's happening. Like his hands are tied a little bit. On and what this. what ended up happening with this? Because I remember like a week ago or something like that, there was talk about um, kind of uh, stalling the the parliament or whatever, putting them on recess mm-hmm. longer or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What what ended up happening? Is that going through? Which would, if that happened, as I understand it, it would leave less time to. Mm-hmm work out for Parliament to uh, kind of legislate a no-deal process or something? Am I getting that correct? <laughs> yes, that's correct. So I, I don't know the exact date. So I think at the end of this week that they are meant to go on recess. I could be wrong. It could be like earlier than the end of this week. Or it'd be the end of this week. Or no, sorry, next week, next week. 
it should be mm-hmm. they are meant to go on be suspended for recess and then or well, whatever their suspension and then that would have given them less time to obviously you know debate the no deal situation or the, the the deal essentially between the EU and the UK um but then as soon as uh Boris Johnson announced that they were putting the the suspension through um the parliament went absolutely crazy and said well you are basically trying to um like uh, avoid us being able to have any say in the no deal or deal Brexit situation so yeah, so they would have been suspended up until, or they are going to be still suspended in um, until October fourteen or fifteen or something like that in okay. October. So, yeah. And I think but one of the other confusing things. Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, but but the thing is, the idea is that they're going to try and put the bill through beforehand, before the end of next week. Okay. Yeah. And I think one of the other confusing things for you know some people in America, my dad kind of talked me about, but Boris Johnson wasn't elected, right? It was Theresa May who was. So through the parliamentary system, she was the leader of the party that won that won the election, whenever that mm-hmm. last election was. And then Theresa May steps down, and Boris Johnson wasn't elected then to be the replacement or anything like that. Correct? And how that works? And how yeah. So it it wasn't based on a, like an elect. Yeah, he wasn't. He didn't come in with a mandate. Essentially, he didn't. He wasn't elected at all. Yeah. He was chosen by the Conservative Party to be the leader. Yeah. And then essentially PM, Prime Minister. So yeah, it wasn't based on like I said, he he had said for uh, he basically criticised Theresa May with the fact that she didn't um, become elected. Essentially, she was elected by default because the other member, a party member, if I'm correct, it basically came, it, they stepped down and then she became PM. So he had criticised her, if I'm right, I think from the press I read. Um, in the past about that and now he came in and he wasn't even elected either so he there's a little bit of hypocrisy around that as well so yeah I mean like it's it's so funny like just everybody likes to talk about how just dysfunctional American politics right Mm. now and it is absolutely um, with everybody just kind of digging into their own little corners and we have our election coming up in 2020 that's destined to be a shit show for sure Um, but the funny thing is like I look over there and I'm like I don't even understand like the guy like first of all just Brexit in general (laughs) the fact that there would be a referendum around something as complicated as a European kind of this trade organization you know this that that would just ask just the everyday you know a yes or no vote should we have it you know 50 51 you know 50 point you know one percent gets you the it blows my mind yeah British politics you know like working for so obviously InfoPro Digital is uh, a French company, but uh, for Waters and Risk and FX Week and Central Banking, our headquarters of that piece is still in London. Um, we're still a UK-based firm, largely, even though our parent company is French. But just over these last few years, just listening to the Brits in the office talk, I'm like, I don't understand. And it's impossible to keep up. So I'm just like, whenever yeah. I talk with you or with you know, Louis Woodall or Robert McKenzie Smith, Chris DeVosby, Pete Madigan, James Rundle, any of the Brits, you know, and, uh, and uh, you're Irish, obviously. So, um, you know, it, that's when I kind of get my feedback on what the hell is happening. Otherwise, it's just impossible to keep up with. It's, it is. The thing is, though, like what we are saying now, tomorrow when this goes out, like there'll be 10 other announcements that have come out after this. Like we will we'll be behind the times. There's so many different things that happen yeah. um, every single day. And I actually can't keep up with it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bit draining. Like I said, it's a little bit like 
you're terrified in one end and then you're entertained at the other end, but then sometimes it can be a little bit draining as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, trust me, we've had our f- fair share of that with Trump over yeah. here. <laughs> that must be fun. Yeah, it's, it's a nonstop roller coaster ride, just <laughs> truly wonderful. Uh, um, his Twitter feed is just comical. Well, exactly. comical, but terrifying. Exactly, a little bit of both. Uh, yeah. You gotta find enjoyment out of something, so you know, you can't worry about everything, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, and this all just goes to show you that for the consolidated tape, there's still a lot of question marks. Just as far yeah. as our technology coverage going forward, there's still a lot of from regulation from, you know, from where uh, vendors and stuff like that are going to have their headquarters, stuff like still a lot of things that it'll be an interesting next, you know, few months, much less year, much less decade, I'm sure. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to flag as well, by tomorrow, there'll be a story based on the response of uh, trade association as well in regards to the um, consolidated tips. So there's going to be some upcoming stories around that as well. I would imagine. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, Josephine, thanks so much for joining us. We will have you on uh, in the future, like I said, as we bring on more of the reporters to discuss some stories. But uh, so, you know, so this podcast today, it's sponsored by SmartStream. They're going to be at Ephesus. So we do invite you all to go up and uh, to the SmartStream booth and uh, chat with them. And so at Ephesus, Josephine will be there, Hamad Ali, our, our reporter out there, and our newly minted desk editor over there, uh, Joanna Wright. You guys will all be there. Um, so we do invite you all to go up and say hi there. Anything in particular that you have your eye on at the event or have you not given it, had a chance yet to give it a full look? Uh, there is a couple of things. Yeah. Um, there's a lot on DLTs. Microsoft have a, a, a showing as well. Like they have a, a session that I'm interested in going to. There's a lot of different types of subject areas that are like, there's a bit of crypto. Um, nothing that I can remember that comes to mind because I still do my planning around. So I was, I've just been <laughs> setting up meetings. Um, but yeah, there, it'll be a lot of fun. There's a, there's a signing, um, with John, Johnny Wilkinson, just just to put that out there, if anybody <laughs> knows Johnny, about it. John, Johnny, Wilkinson, Johnny Wilkinson, he um is a he he's an English rugby player, uh, okay. former former English rugby player. I like rugby sometimes, so okay. you know, I'm Irish. Yeah, that th- this will not appeal to any of our American audience, no. or most of our American audience. But <laughs> no, but I mean, if any if anybody's over there and they're like a huge rugby <laughs> fanatic, there's like a signing one of the days. Very good. But yeah. And for our American audience, so uh, Josephine, Hamad, and Joanna, as well as Wei Shen, they will all be over in December for our Waters USA conference. So you all have that to look forward to as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you, uh, if I, I'll be, yeah, when we're over as well, we'll let me know if anybody wants to connect. Absolutely. All right. Well, Josephine, uh, enjoy your day. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. Brilliant. Thanks, Tony. Cheers.